0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey guys, John here. Uh, We got another great episode of the Knicks Film School podcast coming up for you in just a few minutes. Um, I have on a guest that is actually going to give us a little preview for the Pistons game, which by the time you are listening to this will be happening tonight on Wednesday. Hopefully the Knicks get a much needed win. Um, That's an interesting conversation. We also get into some trade talk and possibilities about um, maybe some interactions that could occur between these two teams involving the rosters. So definitely a fun episode. Um, Before we get there, though, uh, just a couple of quick announcements. One, most importantly, um, if you have not already seen it on Twitter, I will clue you into the fact that we are doing our first meetup of the year. It is going to be a week from this Thursday, um, and that is, of course, Thursday, November 14th. Otherwise known as the return of you-know-who. I'm not going to say his name. I don't need to say his name. He plays for Dallas now. It is what he is. He's coming back to the Garden. I'm sure he's going to get all the love and adoration from the fan base that he so duly deserves after just giving it his all while he was here with the New York Knickerbockers. Yeah. Yeah. So that is a week from Thursday. The location is Penn 6, which is conveniently located very close to the garden. Um, Things are going to get started at 7 p.m., an hour before tip off. We're going to have the whole mezzanine to ourselves. Uh, There's a 20 foot flat screen there. There's TVs above the bar. There's going to be game sound. There's going to be giveaways, raffles. Um, we have, uh, the, uh, Clarkson Avenue, uh, Cake Company going to be donating some Crumpkins for people to enjoy. That's fun. But most importantly, well, actually there's also going to be some drink specials. That's pretty important, but not as important as the fact that uh, a portion of the proceeds from this meetup will be going towards our first big charitable push for the year. Um, You may remember last year ahead of the um, Thanksgiving holiday, we partnered with Feeding NYC to try to raise money um, for families in need right here in New York City, and specifically um, to try to raise money to get them Thanksgiving dinners, um, people who can't afford them. So um, in case you don't remember, $35 um, gets a whole Thanksgiving like box of food and a turkey, and it's a whole thing. So we have set our initial goal at $1,000. Um, if you come out to that meetup, again, it's at 10-6, um, starting at 7 p.m., the night of the KP return game. Um, if you buy alcohol and enjoy yourself, some of the money that you will be spending will be going towards that charity. Um, so that's really exciting. And, um, as if there wasn't reason enough to come out and root, um, for the team in the one game that really, if they're going to win one, one more game this year, you know, and finish two and 80, um, that would be the one that I would want them to win. And I'm sure you would too. Um, that's the first announcement. Second announcement. Um, I don't do this nearly enough. A little bit of self-promotion, but I'm going to do it now because I feel like it's a good time to do so. The Knicks Film School newsletter. If you are listening to this, it means you are a Knicks fan or um, I guess you maybe hate the Knicks and like to hear people talk about the Knicks because it makes you feel good because you hate them and hearing the occasional um, bit of misery makes you happy. Either way, if you fall into one of those two categories, you will enjoy the Knicks Film School newsletter. You will also enjoy the Nick's Film School newsletter because it is free. Um, it does not cost you any money to sign up for it. You can sign up for it either on my Twitter page, JC JCMackeryNBA, um, or you can just go to nixfilmschool.com And at the very top of the page, there's a link that sends you right to um, the newsletter page, and you can sign up on there. Those newsletters are going out um, into your mailbox, usually around 8 a.m., sometimes 8.30. If I'm um, having a particularly busy day, it'll go out closer to 9, but it'll be there for you um, in your inbox five days a week, and if some really crazy shit goes on, it'll be there on the weekend as well. Thankfully, that was not the case um, this weekend. The crazy shit um, held off, thankfully, until Sunday night so I could include it in the usual Monday Um, newsletter. Um, It's a great newsletter. It features writing by me pretty much every day. It features all of um, the articles that you're going to want to see from uh, Nick's content providers that write for Nick's Film School. It'll give you links to other content providers. Um, There's always some other fun stuff. Uh, Post-game recaps, uh, tomorrow's, or I guess by the time you're listening to this today, um, it'll have uh, a preview of the Pistons game. Um, if you got today's newsletter, you saw me bitching and moaning about everybody calling for Fisdale's job because occasionally I have to get out my lawn chair, spread it out right there on my grassy patch in front of my house and yell at people, which is what I did today. And if you were one of the people that I yelled at um, through my newsletter, I do apologize. But come on, guys. It's seven games. Seven games! The whole point of the season is to escape The league-wide thinking that the Knicks are a disaster. And if the Knicks even contemplated firing their head coach two weeks into a season in which they are getting um, two-thirds of the roster acclimated and, um, you know, there's been injuries and a lot of young players and the whole thing. I mean, come on. It's, It's crazy talk. So if you're interested in reading that, um, you can go to the newsletter page and check out the archived newsletters. But yeah, sign up. It's free. It's great. It's wonderful. Um, and if you don't want to read it, just don't read it and click red and it'll go away. And then you'll just get a new one the next day. And maybe you'll want to read that one. Who knows? Okay. Um, last thing before we get to the interview. Um, we'll talk about vivid seats very quickly. So... Um, The Knicks are going on the road, obviously, for this Pistons game. But after that, they're going to be coming home and they have home games. Not only that Dallas game, although you'll obviously be watching at Penn 6, they have home games coming up against Cleveland, against Charlotte. Those are games that they could actually win. And if you want to get tickets to see the Knicks potentially win a game, oh my God, it could happen. Uh, Go to the Vivid Seats app. You could download it at the App Store or Google Play. If you've heard me talk about Vivid Seats before, you know they have a loyalty program that you're automatically enrolled in when you get that app. It's a really, really good deal. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. Concerts, theater, obviously sporting events, you name it. Um, if you go on Vivid Seats, you'll join the Vivid Seats rewards loyalty program and uh, you'll be very happy you did. Most importantly, when it's time to buy, New users, enter promo code Overtime. I actually had a Twitter user message me today and was like, what's the promo code again? And I was like, thank you. You are utilizing this service. It makes me so happy. The promo code is Overtime, O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E. Enter at a checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. Thank you for listening to me for just about eight and a half minutes. That is probably about seven and a half minutes longer than I should ever talk into a microphone at one time. I'm going to stop now. Let's get to the episode. John of the Macri with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School Podcast. We are coming at you, uh, recording this on a Monday night. Uh, The Knicks are off tonight. Uh, When you're listening to this, they will still be off on Tuesday. Their next game, though, is in Detroit. They're back on the road. Uh, Hopefully, by that time, they will be recovered from the ass-kicking they took at the hands of the Sacramento Kings... And they will fare better against their next opponent, which is what we are here to talk about tonight. That would be the Detroit Pistons. And to talk about the Pistons a little bit, we are bringing on Rayvon Del Monte who covers the Pistons. He has a podcast about the Pistons on the Overtime Podcast Network. Um, I, I already forgot the three. Li- oh, yes. I'm gonna, I am gonna. I think I got it now. It's Pistons SRS.
1: SRD, yes SRD,
0: sir. Sports Radio Detroit. How could I forget that? SRD, Rayvon, um, I've I haven't butchered your name. I only butchered your podcast. So <laughs> one out of two ain't bad. How are you doing, man?
1: I'm doing well, Jonathan. Thank you for having me on. I'm ready to talk some hoops.
0: I mean, I Pistons. live to talk hoops, so I, I, I definitely. Yeah, we're we're one and the same on that end. Um, so let's start here. I guess the Pistons are. They've started out the year okay, considering they haven't had Blake, Gr- Blake Griffin at all. Um, they're three yeah. or four.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, they are, you know, I think they're about what their record says they are. They have like a, a minus four net rating via uh, cleaning the glass. You know, I I haven't watched that much of them. I, I caught the, the last few minutes, um, maybe the last five or six minutes or so of the Nets game, which was very entertaining. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Um, What are your early impressions of the team so far this season?
1: I'm actually watching them on TV right now. They're uh, in Washington playing the Wizards. And so my early impressions of the team is Andre Drummond is playing phenomenal. Uh, He's having probably his best year uh, in his career thus far. He's leading the league in rebounds. Uh, He's putting up 20-20 stats every night. Uh, we also have a few injuries, as you mentioned. Blake Griffin, now Reggie Jackson, is going to be out for about four weeks. Uh, Derrick Rose is out with a strain, right hamstring. But considering all the, all the injuries that we're suffering right now, we're playing pretty well. I mean, we're, we're playing as well as we could, as, as well as our schedule will allow us to play. I thought that um, we were impressive in our first few wins against Indiana. I know they're without Victor Oladipo, but they're still a very respectable team. For sure, yeah. Uh, we we had a, a meltdown against the Hawks and uh, against the Bulls, and we play the Bulls again in a few days, actually in a few weeks, excuse me. And so uh, I, I'm curious to see uh, what adjustments Dwayne Casey is going to make without uh, our our depth, and in particular at the guard position. I know right now he's starting Luke Kennard. He's playing phenomenal. His uh points per game averages are going up. We're shooting around forty seven percent as a team, so we're we're doing very well. I know Casey's philosophy is that we're a three point shooting team. So it's gonna be incumbent upon other guys other than Luke Kennard to step up and, and make some big shots.
0: So why don't we start there? Because um I'm I'm just always kinda interested in, in how these games um are gonna play out and Um, the Knicks have not done, um, much well over the last, uh, year plus, Mm -hmm. um, last, you know, 20 years, actually, if you really want to go a little bit further than that. Um, Mm -hmm. but one thing that was really a bugaboo for them last season in particular was their, their three point defense, um, Detroit, I feel like had a reputation last year as not a non-shooting team, but a team that um, more often than not was was not the threat from the perimeter that maybe some other teams um, in the league are. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, Dwayne Casey, that was his first year there. Um, this year, I'm just looking at it now. Uh, they are like you know trying to get a little bit higher up there in three point like frequency they're still they're still pretty low they're still towards the bottom of the league mm-hmm. um is that like but at the same time Cunard is such a threat from outside um you guys do, even though you don't take a lot you hit mm-hmm. a bunch of them you're at 38% from 3 on the year and you're especially dangerous from the corners which is really making me worried already um like how 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 are you, have you been facilitating getting those good looks without Blake Griffin and, and without Reggie Jackson there so far.
1: I think much of that has to do with uh, the presence of Derrick Rose. Okay. He's a guy who was a slasher to the basket, but he's also very underrated as a passer. N- Nick fans
0: know Derrick Rose, you know, somewhat well, don't forget we had him for a year.
1: <laughs> yeah. He did have a, a pretty decent season as a Nick. He averaged about 18 points, um, but he, he opens the, the passing lane. Uh, he opens the space on the floor for other guys. So as a result, guys get better better shots, uh, more open shots, not as forced as when, say, a Reggie Jackson is in the game. And that's no slight to Reggie. Uh, but Derrick Rose's quickness and his agility, uh, it makes the defense react to him quicker, which allows him to uh, find an open guy in the corner. So I think that's a testament to Derrick Rose.
0: Has he been – because my biggest complaint about him, um, other than that he, it seems like, shied away from any – any sort of contact when he was when he was here um, was that he wasn't always the most willing passer. So far in Detroit, you feel like he's been pretty good in that respect.
1: I think so because I think he sees himself as the veteran of the team. Okay, he's, that makes sense. He's probably the oldest guy, um, uh, except for Blake. So he's probably looking at it like I need to get these young guys involved. I need to uh, bring the potential out of these young guys uh whereas in his previous roles he was still trying to come into his own
0: um i'm i mean i'm happy for him um i was frustrated by the year that that he was here but it i what is like i, I feel like he was one of the more divisive players in the league last year when he was with Minnesota there were i, I feel like some people who still felt that it was kind of fool's gold, but there were a lot of other people who are like, look, you know, you can't really deny the numbers the guy's putting up. Um, do, does Detroit feel like they have a point guard who is like, you know, I, I mean, I know he's, it seems like he's been around forever, but he, and you said it yourself, he's a, a, one of the older players on your team, but mm-hmm. theoretically he should still have some good years left in him. You have him on a two-year contract. Do you mm-hmm. guys feel like you have a point guard who could, like, lead you – not only into the playoffs, but I mean, if you know, who knows? Things get a little nuts. You actually do a little damage when you get there.
1: I think so. Um, he has high hopes for this team. He said it when he he uh, did his uh, press conference uh, or as for his, for media day at the beginning of the season that he has championship aspirations. A lot of people are going to be like, "Oh, are you kidding me? This team isn't ready." Um, but he has the most experience uh, from a playoff standpoint than anybody else on the team. Uh, including even Dwayne Casey. They they have about the same amount of experience. So I, I'm not sure about going forward in the next three or four years. I think we'll look to get younger. But I think with the collection of guys we have right now, uh, potentially uh, we could get as far as conference finals, uh, second round-ish, uh, depending on the landscape or where teams match up. And you never know with injuries coming into play.
0: I mean, if, if you would have told me – I mean, well, actually, you don't, You wouldn't have needed to tell me because when I found out that Blake was going to miss, you know, um, however many games it was going to be to start the season, I think like a lot of people just who don't follow Detroit that closely, I was like, all right, well, that's a nice setup for Detroit to maybe do a little tanking. Um, and the fact that you guys have have stayed, a, you know, not, not only afloat, but you got a winnable game tonight in Washington. We'll see if they win that. Obviously, if they're playing the Knicks, sadly, that is also a winnable game uh very much so um you know in the in the east after those top two teams i mean i know miami's kind of shot out but um yeah. yeah i think i you know it it's open um i want to get to something that you just said because i i think that's probably the most interesting conversation in terms of the pistons which is where where are piston fans at in terms of what they what they would like to see this team do because I feel like, you know, in the NBA today it it's even though the lottery odds have changed and even though you can't, you know, you can no longer guarantee yourself a top pick, you know, the Knicks obviously found found out they um that last year, even though obviously we're very happy with j Barrett. Um mm-hmm. is the thinking like you just want to win as much as possible this year and then see what happens with Andre Drummond and we'll we'll get to him in terms of his contract and whatnot um or are people already starting to think like how are we going to start this thing over and get younger and kind of rebuild this in a way where we could actually start competing for for championships like what's what's the mentality right now for the pistons
1: I do think the mentality is mixed a little bit. I think realistically people think the Pistons are going to finish between the sixth and the eighth spot in the playoffs, which is understandable because we didn't make any drastic offseason changes that would, on you know, on paper it wouldn't say, oh, yeah, these guys are number two or number three. So from that standpoint, I think people are kind of like, they may make the playoffs 1st roundish. Um But to answer the other part of your question, I think – a lot of people are like, we have to try to win now because we have Blake Griffin, who's still – he's heading towards the end of his prime. Uh, he's he's suffering some injuries, so we got to try to max out as much as we can from Blake Griffin. Uh, Andre Drummond is coming on an expiring contract, so we don't want him to walk for nothing and, and get nothing in return. Um, well, let's then- talk about Dre. Let's talk yeah. about Dre for a
0: second. Are you Are you in the – Paid, pay Andre whatever it's going to take I mean at this point I have to think the the numbers he's putting up and the fact that there's nobody else on the market like yeah. are, are you up for paying him a max contract
1: you know I had this conversation on one of my podcasts and uh, when I came to think about the, the free agency class at the end of this season I said it makes the most sense to pay him because D- Detroit is not a free agency haven we don't attract big name superstars so rather than just retool our entire roster around a bunch of uh, Un- untapped potential we might as well go with the guy who's who's trying to bring it every night this season so I think we should uh definitely resign him I know we haven't had too much playoff success with him as our cornerstone but I think that um he's he's just now entering his prime he's still only 25
0: it's you know it's so it's crazy you say that because it feels like he's been around forever and yeah. he's he, he like you said he's young and he should theoretically still like be entering his prime um, I I want to talk in terms of like possible possible trade um scenarios between our two teams, but before we get there, I gotta ask you about Luke Kennard because I I was doing a little research this summer on actually uh Dr- Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin and that pairing and how when they were on the floor together last year, despite the fact that you know I know Blake obviously hit some threes last year, but the percentages were still kind of low. Dre obviously is not a threat from three, yet mm-hmm. the offense was still really, really good. And then when you added Kennard to the two of them, I think they were scoring something like 118 points per 100 possessions. It was some It's some insane number over a really large sample size. Is Kennard as like as good as the numbers would seem to indicate that he is in terms of a floor spacer?
1: I definitely think so. I, I personally think Luke Kennard could be our third option scoring wise. Um I think he's the best perimeter shooter on our team. I think he's entering into like that top ten, top eight of three point shooters across the league. So I definitely think uh he's a big reason why we're gonna take that leap this season.
0: I'm I'm excited to uh to watch him and like I said I was uh I think we were um or what we were saying before I was watching the end of the net game and he was actually running a little bit of pick and roll. It was either him. Yeah. Or, yeah. It was either him or Bruce Brown with the ball in their hands. Mm-hmm. And I was impressed, man. I, I didn't, I didn't think that, um, you know, that canard had, had that in him. Um, so, so let's, let's talk about like, cause like you said, I think most, most Pistons fans expect six to eight. I, I think that's, you know, it's perfectly reasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, You have Tony Snell on your on your books right now for eleven point three and then twelve point one million dollar player option for next season. That one would think that he would pick up. Um, I I think that's you know I I personally I think that it would be a little crazy for him not to considering he hasn't exactly been. um, I mean, I know he played. He's been playing a lot recently, but I I don't know. Is maybe I shouldn't even say that. Do you think he is there any thinking that he might not pick that up? Because I feel like that's a safe bet that he will.
1: I'm I'm absolutely sure. I'm not sure where he's going to get that anywhere else. Yeah, right? at, at least in terms of the amount of minutes he's offered too.
0: Yeah. So let's say he picks that up, and let's say the Pistons are not thrilled with paying him that. The thinking that maybe that's a contract that they want to ship out. Um, in order to improve the team, is, is Reggie Jackson also someone that you would put into that category? Because I feel like, you, I mean, if Rose is what you, everybody seems to think Rose could be for, for you guys this year, like, where does that leave Reggie? Like, is Reggie okay with being a backup? Is there some thinking that Reggie and Rose could play together? Like, where where is Reggie Jackson in terms of, like, looking at potential – salary that you guys want to send out in trades this year
1: so that's a great question so for at least for the remainder of this season what I've seen from coach Casey is he starts Reggie and then he lets Derrick Rose close games uh, which is the smart move because Derrick Rose is a better decision maker with the ball Uh, but in terms of next season and going forward I think that the Pistons will unload Reggie Jackson's contract and try to pursue A maneuver for Drew Holiday. That's uh, some of the rumors I've been hearing. Really? Yes.
0: I think we got some breaking news. I, I'm a, I mean, there's a lot of people in New York who are big fans of Drew Holiday. Um, I, I love the dude. It so, so then let's let's get to that. You guys have your first round pick this year. Um, I don't, I don't believe you owe any first round picks coming up to anybody. You have all of your own, your own picks. Um that to me would be the type of deal that would require at least one first and maybe a young player and i i who the hell knows what um what new orleans would ask for so the the thinking in detroit is to go like big game hunting and, and if you're talking drew holiday that would seem to be the move
1: yeah so the the speculation is that uh reggie jackson and bruce brown will be packaged Okay. for Drew Holiday which explains why Bruce Brown is playing so many minutes they're trying to build up his value
0: interesting okay because I, I mean here's where I was getting to um, you guys obviously had um, a scout to the Knicks in the preseason and then uh, for one game and then the following game um, Malik Rose who I guess is now the assistant GM for you guys mm-hmm. came to the garden to to watch the Knicks. Um, the thinking was that it was to see Frank Nilakina who's obviously been—I mean, I'm a huge Frank fan, but he's been, I think, what most people would consider a disappointment um, mm-hmm. after being drafted eighth overall. Um, the other thing I know about you guys is you employ one Markeith Morris, who is the brother of um, a certain—another Morris, um, who yeah. plays with us now, um, <laughs> who's making who's $15 million a year uh, just for this season. It's just a one-year contract, obviously. I think a lot of Nick fans were already looking ahead to like all right is there a Marcus Morris plus some more salary plus either a Frank or a Dotson was a wing we have or or maybe both of them for like some combination of salary that involved Tony Snell, Reggie Jackson. Um it sounds like you guys are thinking a little bit bigger than that though if I'm reading you correctly.
1: Yeah, I think um Like I said, we're we're trying to max out Blake Griffin's uh his prime. So I think they're trying to find like some uh, playoff tested uh, veterans. I think that if it doesn't work out, then maybe two to three years down the line, the Pistons will look to rebuild and get younger. But for now, I I see them as uh, going in the the direction of trying to acquire more veteran players.
0: I mean, I I I get it. It makes sense. There's three more years or two more years, I guess, after this season on um. On Blake Griffin's contract, um, I let's let's like kind of go here before we before we close out. Is there is there hope that if you guys made like one more one more big move, like let's say a, like a Drew Holiday, like I don't know if that could actually happen, but just assume that you could. Like, mm-hmm. do you think like a Drew Blake? Dre, like, would that, would that type of thing, change, the feeling around your team in terms of just the excitement level? Because I feel like the national perception, or at least the perception that we have here in New York, is that there's not a ton of excitement for Detroit basketball right now. So I guess it's, yeah. I, I guess it's a two part question. One is that a fair assessment, or are we off base? And two, do you think that that would change if if you guys made kind of a, a splashy kind of all in trade?
1: Uh that's a that's a more than fair assessment. Uh we've ranked in the bottom of fan attendance for the last few years, even though we just opened a new arena uh in downtown Detroit. I think that um the Drew Holiday acquisition, if it were to come into fruition, I don't know if it would necessarily build up fanfare, but it could put us in the conversation with the Toronto Raptors, the Boston Celtics and those type of teams of the world. And so I don't know if Drew Holiday is the spiciest name on the market, but he's definitely a sleeper. Where I feel like he could vaunt us into potentially top five, top four in the East.
0: Is and and I I, I think he's a he's a good fit because he could play off ball, but at the same time he could also man the point. So if if it was going to be with Derrick Rose um, on the roster at the same time, I I could actually see that working out well. Plus. Drew's so damn good at defense; it it could make up for some <laughs> of what what Derek lacks there. Um, all right, la- last thing before I let you go: um, we got a game coming up on Wednesday night. Um, yes. Are you? I see. I, this is a question I I don't feel like I ask nearly enough when I talk to to people who cover other teams, but I'm curious. I feel like the perception is sometimes that the Knicks are still, you know. Despite their offseason additions, despite the fact that they obviously talked up that this is going to be different this year and this and that, and we obviously have have had a lot of our own discussions about how true a lot of that stuff is um, around here in New York. Do is there still the feeling like, oh, the Knicks are coming in? That's like they're going to be good for a W. Um, like that's a, that's the get well team, so to speak. Because I feel like that's how the Kings looked at them last night, and they and they sure were. Um, so I'm curious what your feeling is on them.
1: I think people definitely look at New York as that team on the schedule where it's like, okay, I could take a night off, honestly, uh, in terms of guarding my guy. Um, I think just in general, the the national consensus is the front office doesn't know what the hell they're doing. Uh, it's kind of almost seen as every year it's the same old, same old scientific project, but we don't really see what the the outcome is supposed to be. But I do like what I'm seeing from R.J. Barrett. I think that just playing in New York in general, it, it comes with a lot of pressure, a lot of media press. And I think, unfortunately, that doesn't always uh, bode well for a young player's psyche. Um, guys aren't able to develop as as uh, basketball players because there's so much pressure put on them and to develop so quickly that we don't really know how good they really are depending on the, the type of market they're in. And I think that, uh, when it comes to the Knicks in general, yes, teams fans look at them as, you know, pretty much it's a it's a trickle down effect from the owner from from James Dolan down to the front office and down to the players that they, nobody knows what's going on, and so it, it's it's fun to it's fun to <laughs> kind of be on the outside of that.
0: Yeah, I am I've always wondered what that would be like. Um I I I am on the inside though very much so. <laughs> and uh no, I, and that's why I asked the question because I think you know, I mean, look, that is the reality of how other people think and uh it's part of why it's part of why this early part of the season for the Knicks has been so frustrating because the the goal was to kind of start to do away with some of those some of that reputation, some of the, those notions, some of those assumptions, and um, you know when you, you know. start out one in six, it, it, it's kind of it's kind of tough to make that case. Definitely. Um, all right. Well, before I let you go, um, tell them uh, tell the, the people in New York. I'm sure we got a couple. You know, maybe people who are interested in the Pistons, tell them where they could, they could find you, you find your stuff and uh, everything else. Yes.
1: Yeah, so if you're interested in hearing more about, you know, my, my podcast Pistons SRD, I do host it live on CRB radio.com on Thursdays at 5 30 PM. Uh, also, you can check us out on Spotify, Apple music, uh, just search under Pistons SRD. Uh, we post episodes every week. Uh, you could follow me on Twitter at uh Rayvon, R A Y V O N. Del D E L M O N T A on Instagram or Twitter uh, and you can stay tuned for live updates.
0: Well, I I would wish you luck tonight, but I'm trying to think <laughs> would it be better for the Knicks if you guys came in at 4 and 4? I feel, I actually I kind of feel like maybe if you came in winning two in a row against Brooklyn and against Washington, maybe you guys let let down your guard a little bit. Um and, yeah. and and the Knicks could steal a win that they God knows they uh they desperately need. Um but anyway, regardless of any of that, um Rayvon, thank you for taking a few minutes to talk about um the Pistons. I, I hope it'll be at the very least uh an entertaining game on Wednesday night. And uh yeah, man, uh best of luck with uh with everything podcast and the and the whole deal. Thanks you. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, of course, man. Appreciate it. Hey guys, before we go, a real quick reminder from our friends at mybookie.ag. The NBA season obviously has already started. You know what I love about the start of the NBA season? It's that we could already see how the championship odds are changing drastically from where they were at at the beginning of the season. Um, Like the Warriors, when we got started, were 1, 2, 3, 4... They had the fifth best odds in the entire league, and they are now at plus 10,000 um, if you wanted to bet them to win, which for um, comparison's sake is the same as the New Orleans Pelicans. So, uh, yeah. The Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns have shot all the way up to plus 1,500. They were the fourth worst, and now they're like somewhere eh, just outside the top 12. Um Who else is doing well? The Sixers are plus 500. That's a little bit lower than where they started. Um, And, of course, you have your two favorites, the teams in L.A., the Clippers and the Lakers, plus 260 and plus 325. Lots of good opportunities out there. If you are into that sort of thing, um, you know the place to go is mybookie.ag. In addition to prop bets, they have – all kinds of different spreads, totals, quarters, halves. If you're a hockey fan, they have periods on the ice. Everything you could possibly want. Right now is the best time to get in on the action. If you sign up and use the promo code OVERTIME, they're going to match your first deposit. Again, the promo code is O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E. New users get their first deposit doubled. MyBookie.ag You play, you win, you get paid.